This is the hundredth episode of the podcast. It's been like two and a half years. I'm very, very proud of the fact that this is episode 100 of this podcast. I honestly do hope that you have enjoyed the previous 199 episodes and that you found them valuable. And I also hope that you're willing to continue to listen and share the podcast with any new people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you through a selection of episodes. I grabbed out some pieces that were meaningful to me in some way that made sense with the timeline of the podcast. So let's begin. The podcast began as an idea that we had at a retreat. We didn't have much idea, really. The The thought was, at least at the start point, was that I was going to attempt to catalog the experiences of the High Five staff members. So at the first iteration, you know, earlier on this podcast, we used to call it the High Five Adventure Podcast. And this section was the Road to High Five which was an introduction to the staff, how they ended up a high five. Thought that might be meaningful to people because I had wondered those things myself of like, how do you find a career in this industry? And since I worked at an org that people had found careers in the industry, I felt it would be helpful if we catalogued some of them. I mentioned this a couple of times in some of the episodes. I was recording using a $25 USB microphone that I plugged into my laptop and I had struggled, we'd struggled to really find a good room at High Five where I could record it. There was like too much fluorescent light harming or air conditioners or heating systems and people taking phone calls. And it was a, a bit of a disaster. I tried to record so many episodes that just never ended up coming out because the audio was so bad. And I ended up finding that the best acoustic space I could find was a vehicle. So for, I think, honestly, the first maybe 20 episodes of this podcast, they were all recorded in a vehicle, mostly mine, uh, sometimes jumping into other people's, because when you close them, they're pretty uh, isolated. However, climate conditions, because you don't want the engine on, because then, then there's a noise. So if it was in the winter, it was cold. And if it was in the summer, we kind of just cooked ourselves slowly. So it wasn't that fun to be able to do these. So I'm going to play you now the intro to the first ever episode, which was an interview with Rich Keegan. You'll also notice as well the audio difference. I, you know, look back on some of them, so I'll listen back and the audio wasn't so good. But at the time, we just wanted to put something out here. So this is a snippet of myself and Rich Keegan. My name is Phil. I'm one of the trainers here at High Five. I'm going to be um, interviewing several members of the High Five staff, learning a little bit about their past and getting a bit of background knowledge on them as people. So to begin, I think it best to give the listeners a quick intro to who I am here with today and also what their role here is at High Five. So, uh, Rich, over to you. <laughs> we were going to get a horn. So, Rich, this is a question from um, workshops, and it's very serious. So, get your mind around this one. Um, oh, would you rather fight 
100 horses that are the size of a duck <laughs> or one duck that is the size of a horse? Oh, <laughs> I think I'd take on the horses that are the size of a duck. Rationale, why? I don't know. I think a horse is being really large, so the thought of them being really small, I think I got a chance. It's a power piece for <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. A hundred of them. I'm thinking of kicking them, too, for some reason. I have no way then, to survive and just kick them all over the place. You wouldn't believe the number of people who want to kick horses. <laughs> from, let's ask this question. All right, so uh, you chose the horses because you kick them. What is a job you would like me to have? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think of that show, Mike wrote Dirty Jobs. Um, <laughs> you want to put me in a dirty job? Yeah, because you have a sense of humor. You go with it. Like, I think I remember one episode, he was cleaning the inside of, um, I want to say, some sort of oil tanker. Um, and, I, and you could handle anything. You're that awesome. So I'm going to say, yeah, oil awesome. tanker cleaner on Mike Rowe's Dirty Jobs show. Well, if this doesn't work out for me, yeah. I'll know where to go. So thank you very much, Rich. I appreciate it. Those are all my quick fire questions. You pass with flying colors. And uh, once again, thank you for joining me. I appreciated it. Just so everyone knows out there, we are sitting in Rich's car. <laughs> there was the the best location for sound. So look forward to the next one, whoever that is ended up being with. So yeah, that was the first episode of the podcast with Rich Keegan, one of the other trainers at High Five. And you can yeah, you can hear the difference. And also, what I found fascinating going back to some of these, because I haven't honestly heard some of these episodes in a long time. I haven't since they came out, which is like two and a half years ago, is I clearly had uh, some questions, these like uh, quick fire round questions at the end. Yeah. And also the would you rather fight a hundred horses the size of a duck or one duck the size of a horse? I used to use that so often. And in fact, every single episode for the first, I don't know how many, lots of episodes, I would ask that question to every single guest that I had on the podcast. So you can go back and listen to some of those. I'm not going to list them all, but uh, you can go back and hear some of those responses. It's an interesting question. So I I recommend uh, posing that to the next group that you work with. And yeah, there's often a 50-50 split in the response, which one they would choose for varying different reasons. It brings up a really good topic of discussion. So next on our journey, I'm actually going to highlight some more of those quick fire round questions and just showing like the, I don't know if it was, I, I obviously was just finding the craziest questions. These ones I posed to one of our builders, one of our installers at High Five, Taylor Hillsgrove who is an incredible personality. I hope that everyone at some point gets to interact with Taylor. First one is, name a movie you enjoyed as a child. Willy Wonka would be my first guess, the original one with Gene Wilder. Yes. And that would be the first one that would come to my mind. Oh, and and to anyone that knows me, just the weirdness in that movie just channeled straight to yep. me and going... I like that. Come movie. with me, then you will be. <laughs> and growing up, I was always the short. Imagination. <laughs> yep. That, you might as well just finish it. That <laughs> is a, like a per, that, that There's a scene in that movie where he's doing the walking with his cane. Yes. And at the end, he trips and then goes into a Ford's row and stands up. <laughs> That's a walking and anal like analytical version of me. Yep. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in that movie. If you want to own a business, 
steal from the owner <laughs> and then own up to it. <laughs> and then as a, as a reward for your honesty, you'll be rewarded with the entire business. <laughs> I've tried that in so many places that doesn't seem to work. Well, that's where the term nice guys finish last came from. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when I worked out to red, and this, uh, I'm going off on a tangent, when I worked out to red, there was a, there was this thing, I don't know where this came from, like the concept of if you could be like a Dr. Doolittle talk to the animals, that um, I wish I could call like hundred squirrels that I could stand upon and they move almost like a magic carpet dragging, <laughs> carrying me around. Like I could call the squirrels down from the treetops and they would just all come together and line up perfectly and I would climb upon the backs of the squirrels distributing my weight and they would carry me. You're like the sleeping beauty. <laughs> yeah. But of squirrels. Yeah. Well, because I would have to take trail hikes all the time and it would be exhausting. If I could just, all right, kids, follow me and then go... And then at least they squirrel carry me as a carpet. It must be like the British thing. The accent must just carry so well to the squirrels. Exactly. Yes. Especially not English squirrels, but American squirrels. They love it. Would you rather be able to jump all the way to the moon? So you have the ability to jump as all the way to the moon, but permanently have spoons for hands, or be able to at any point make food appear at will? But the food is always a little too salty. Well, I got a sensitive tongue, so the salty, that's out. That's yeah. out immediately. Okay. I was a Sour Patch Kid when I was young and just like... You were a Sour Patch Kid. I was, but over the years of just that abrasion. abrasion. So you were, you, were a, you were the candy? Oh, or? I was. No, that's it. The and little green turned, guy, if you were wondering who that was. And you turned into a human? <laughs> At which point did you transform from the Sour Patch Kid to the human being that you are now? And how did this happen? What kind of magic is this? <laughs> All right. So, um, sensitive tongue, and so you would have to no choose. Salt. You would have to choose the ability to be able to jump, which would be incredible. What yeah. an incredible skill to be able to jump that high! I would know. I'm intrigued to know if every time you jump, you that's jump to the, the moon. That's the take, man. Anytime my, both my feet come off the ground, if I'm going like, millions of miles, and and I do know that you jump very easily. <laughs> So if, if someone came behind you and Taylor, you'd go, yeah, and then you would propel all the way up into the stratosphere and into the moon. My most famous jump from Scared, which in case you guys don't know, I'm jumpy, uh, was at the Vermont Country Deli, very kind of intimate, small setting deli, and a truck went by and I jumped a foot. And now, that was a year and a half ago now, and now when I walk in, they still laugh at me. <laughs> I start my mornings to get a bagel with people just laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, unfortunately, being jumpy, you just instantly are a victim. <laughs> Immediately. Everyone is going to try at some point to make you scared because it's so funny to see you jump. And if you could jump to the... That would be even funnier if every time... And it would take you... I don't know how long it takes to get down from Earth. You got to account, like, I'm losing half a work day. I mean, I'm losing... So, so inconvenient. <laughs> You're just coming down, you're just, your arms are crossed. I would assume you float down, otherwise you'd die. I would assume down. you're coming like Mary Poppins floating yeah. in. And but every time it'd be like, oh, here it is again. <laughs> if one more person makes me jump today, I've wasted the entire thing. <laughs> Often, due to the having to record in a car scenario, we would run into some unforeseen circumstances that might 
negatively or at times positively affect the outcome of the audio. So this recording that I'm going to share now is a section of an interview I did with Lisa Hunt, another trainer at High Five. And this is the second go at trying to record this because the first time I recorded it, based on the the quality or the lack of quality of the microphone, I was picking up AM radio. And in fact, there was a couple of episodes I did tried to record where I would listen to the audio after the fact and hear in the background some very obscure radio station playing. So anyway, we had to re-record and this is the us re-recording in the car. And because I'm in the car and we're in the parking lot of High Five, sometimes we get some people who just walk past and want to be guests. So this is an impromptu guest appearance from Jamie Thibodeau, who is another builder installer at High Five. This is going to be the worst. With me doing this. That is such a great way to start. When no, you're always saying this is going to be This is going to be the, the worst. worst. Let me ask you just a question, just to get you in the right frame of mind. Okay? Okay. Here it is. What do you think of garden gnomes? Oh, ridiculous. Ridiculous? Real, seriously? <laughs> Sorry. Are you saying God. the question's ridiculous? Or oh, the garden gnomes are ridiculous? The garden gnomes. Yeah, what? Are just ever since that movie came out, Romeo and Juliet, which I did not see, <laughs> that, I but I had to suffer movie. through the trailer. Oh, it's not a good movie. I Garden feel like there are just nuisances. You're a new addition to the crayon box. Wait, I, I thought you were going to say new addition. What? Like I love that band. Sorry, I'm a new addition. To You're the- a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be? I would be, uh, like magenta. With little color is magenta, purple. I would magenta is magenta, and <laughs> there's no. It's not purple. It's magenta, okay, and I would I, have little flecks of silver. I I recently got for for English Mother's Day, which is a different date than U.S. Mother's Day, which is always good to know for me because otherwise I'll make a mistake. But I sent my mom blue a magenta crayon no. with silver flecks. <laughs> Exactly. Because I thought, what better gift? No, I sent her flowers and uh, there were blue dendrobiums. That's not a thing. And I honestly, if you, when I show you these. We're recording. Come on in. I know you're recording. I figured you need a cameo appearance or something. You've already already appeared. appeared. Anyway, we'll continue as if it's it's not a a blue dendronium. No, dendrobium. And it's like, I could show you a picture. It's so different. I could show you a picture. Dendrobium. But the problem with a picture is listeners don't see it, but they could Google it. Um, I'm only here for like two more minutes. Okay, let me ask you a question, Jamie. Okay. What do you think of garden gnomes? Oh, I love them. I have like 15 of them around my house. the eject button? You guys don't like them? Oh! Don't listen to the start of this podcast. I probably probably have six in my garden. No, you don't. And then I have probably another another eight or ten around my house that I think are too nice to put outside. Where's that that nightmare music? calling Amber Halloween music. I do do agree. There are some that look like weird. I I feel like my garden gnomes are like happy and jovial. The weirdest one is my mom bought me the Travelocity gnome, but... This podcast is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Are we going way off? off, no, off no, it's just... We had a, I asked Lisa that question at the start, and she hates it. Um, Don't come to so, my house, then. Doesn't gnome imply something small in size? How can you have a I big gnome? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. I don't either. think... You, I've never called a short person a gnome. 
You're not generally, that's like an insult. You don't insult people. I'm always insulting the small. (laughs) (laughs) Is that why you insult me? What? Uh, Okay, great. No, no. Would you say like a gnome-sized plant is a small plant? Or gnome-sized, that traffic cone gnome-sized? It is a bit of a gnome-sized, because it looks like a gnome's hat. I don't think I would... would I don't know. I think a gnome is a mythical creature, like a like an elf. Yeah, they protect they protect your garden. Or a goblin, or an orc, or a unicorn. Wait, what was the one before unicorn? You don't know what orc. Lord of the Rings, or a. I feel like I'm in a nightmare right now. I mean, I feel like we're all going delirious. Your uh, personal. This is her personal episode. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I will leave now. I, just, I thought you had already done that, so I sat. Oh, we I was did! Like, no, no, we did, but we had to scrap it because it was it, it was so music. good. It made everybody else look. Better. No, I was picking up AM radio and it was getting like church hymns in the background. Like, I, there were too many bleeps. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. There was nothing salvageable no. from the just expletives coming out of her mouth. <laughs> too many, just too the, many f bombs. Too yeah. many. It's hot in here. Gnome I know. Miss, and we try to end this podcast episode. Get the hell out. Ah, I'm not distracting you, am I? <laughs> Keep the door open. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Jamie's a gnome. Oh, man. What a gnome. What a gnome. He's not okay. He's Look not. At Look at him. He's now standing at the window. <laughs> but your windshield washer's on. Yeah. Oh, it's the, the, the car's not on. Hang on one second. Oh, that didn't do anything good. Damn, what a mess. <laughs> this episode is such a d- disaster. All right, anyway. What could have been seen as a disaster, for me at least, was highly entertaining. And so I kept it all in. So just based on the last clips I've shared with you, the content of the podcast wasn't necessarily as educational as maybe I had intended it to be, but was a good insight into the personalities of some of our staff at High Five. So we've looked at some episodes where we didn't necessarily know the intent and we kind of went off the rails a little bit in having some conversations with staff members at High Five. The next step was realizing that we were getting listeners. Thank you for listening. And that we wanted to give a little bit more information and content to people that might inspire as well around different people in the industry that we interact with on a regular basis through them coming to us to do trainings and certification. So I was fortunate to be able to grab someone who was actually taking a level two challenge course exam at high five at the time because he had experiences with a population that we don't interact with very often. And that person is Marty Daigle, who works at the Pleasant Ridge Camp and Retreat Center in South Carolina. I wanted to highlight a specific part in this episode, which I found very meaningful and reminded us of the great work that we do on challenge courses. 
you recently had one of these experiences where you realized the immediate power of some of that work that you do. You want to share yes, a little yes. bit of that? So, so Scotty is a camper who's been camping with us for a long time. Fascinating man. He's, he's blind and he's deaf. What's really amazing to me is the staff that we hire to take care of our campers. Uh, a lot of them don't know sign language. And so their first introduction to that is to these folks. And so Scotty is pretty amazing in being able to teach people what he needs. And so he teaches them to communicate, teaches them to, you know, works with them and, and trying to show them, you know, what Braille looks like and feels yeah. like. And so it's pretty amazing. Well, Scotty had, he's been up to our challenge course before. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get a, a sense for where he would be in that. Mm-hmm. And so, our goal this year was to try to get Scotty to do our zip line. That was the goal. Our goal changed once we got Scotty in a harness. He's very trusting, and he knows that when he's there, we're not going to put him in a position. Our goal is not to, and he knows that we're not going to put him in a position where he's yeah. going to be in danger. Although something that's unfamiliar or new, he's definitely going to explore. So the access for our zip line is a, we call it the taco net. It's just a cargo net goes up to a platform that's about 40 feet in the air. Scotty, we put his harness on him. We attached him to the belay system to go up the net. And Scotty took, at best, he probably went six feet in the Mm -hmm. cargo net. But watching him explore that net and learn this new place, because Mm -hmm. he did get high enough so that the net was floating and he was swinging around in it a little bit, um, you could see concern on his face. You could see these emotions kind of going through his face. But it was very powerful for me to watch yeah. him experience and explore something that was so common and everyday for me. Um, no telling how many times I've climbed oh, that yeah. net and never thought about the motion of it. I've since climbed it with my eyes closed to see. It's and it's it's pretty neat. But you know, when Scotty was done, you could see even the impact that it had on our staff. A lot of emotion. Uh, having an opportunity to do stuff like that is is just it it makes you want to do more. I intentionally leave a pause there before I interject, just to let that sit in for you who are listening. The work that we do has incredible impact in those people that we work with that sometimes we don't understand. Feel free, please check out the rest of that episode and some others that we have. But this one in particular meant something to me. And so I wanted to share that clip. And thanks once again to Marty for the work that he does. The next piece I want to share with you is a discussion that myself and Rich Keegan had about one specific part of a challenge course. Now, we didn't at the time think that this would be a particularly well-enjoyed or well-listened-to episode, but unbelievably, based on the stats, this is one of our best-performing episodes of the entire podcast, of the entire 100 episodes. And I think that in analysis, thinking about it uh, now, is that it's, I'm pretty sure there's no other podcast that exists out there that may be talking about this specific subject. And the subject is on P chords 
on a challenge course. I'm just going to play a snippet from this episode, but once again, I encourage you to listen to it in its entirety. And if you think that you'd like us to talk more about these subjects, then let us know specifically maybe what you want us to talk about, and I'll grab some of our training team and we'll have a discussion. Anyway, here we go. Rich, first thoughts when you think of P chords? Well, I, it, either you're starting your day managing those or the dreaded at the end of the day, if you <laughs> haven't set them up correctly, oh. it makes for a, a not-so-fun way to finish your day. But without managing them correctly, it's the, as we all know, it's the number one reason why you're going to have to go do a gear retrieval. So um, a couple of – we'll be going through some general guidelines. And my simplest one is when I'm setting up a – climbing rope or taking one down, I do not want to be in conversations with other people or participants because that's where things can go really not well. And I lose one control and you hear that sound of <laughs> as the rope and the P-cord are flying through the yeah. shear reduction device. And then it's all laying on the ground there. What are the ways that, that you, you've you found and we've found that people lose a P-cord? What are like the telltales other than just people talking to each other? What other ways have you seen? I think the number one reason, even if you are talking to people, that people lose P-cord is because they do not. I have that old ritual of tying it one end and tie that somewhere onto me somewhere. Mm. So um, that if for whatever reason the, the rope is and the P cord is gathering speed, I, even if I get into a conversation or something else, yep. the thing is still tied to me and it's not going to come whipping through. Yeah, then the you? number one area I think people lose them is not the setting the rope up at the start. It's the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. And it's yeah, also no, no. like you're tired. People yep. aren't paying attention as much. And the weight of the rope, the reason people lose them, the weight of the rope is greater than the weight of the the P cord. So as it goes through the SRD or the pulley or whatever is up top, the weight of that rope just whips it down. And if you're not holding it on or holding onto it, or you haven't got it tied, then you lose it. And yeah, it's like the worst sound. You hear it in a big challenge course, even far away, you'll yep. hear that. Sound. Everyone's oh ears goodness. prick and you're like, guts. Oh, no. someone's going to have to go and retrieve that. All right. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Phil. Okay. Another problem solved. High five. <laughs> There are two other parts of the chronology of this podcast that I want to highlight. One of those is dad jokes. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you probably, hopefully, know that this was a thing for a while, probably a whole year's worth of episodes at some stage, had at the end, after the music faded out of the episode, had a dad joke, either told by a high five member of staff or one of our guests. So just to highlight uh, that that was a part, I'm going to play a section from one of my uh, most enjoyable interviews that I conducted with Chris Ortiz. This was post ACCT full day. We'd done a full day. And then I grabbed Chris and said, I need to interview you. Let's find some time. So we then started this conversation. It was funny because of how chaotic it was. I really, really am looking forward to the edited version of this, <laughs> which will include all of this because it's hard to edit. Um, so another question I have in my mind, that's where I keep my ideas and my thoughts in okay. my mind. That's good. Um, another... <laughs> 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is what a podcast sounds like at nine o'clock at night after a long day at ACCT conference. <laughs> Come to a conference and lose your mind. Anyway, so uh, something I have in my mind that is an yeah. idea. That's good. That's where they live. Good. Keep, keep going with that and I, thought. And, and then the words, they come out of the mouth hole. All right, we need to do a dare joke. Oh, wait, I thought I did the song. Oh, one. did we do one? But it was right in the middle. I think it's such hard, so hard to cut. I'll keep that one in. There's one where the punchline is, uh, this is not how you tell a joke. You say the punchline first, and then you do, that's how I tell jokes. I go, what time is dentist time? I don't know. 2.30? 2 do you know that one? Yeah, but two thirty. You're supposed to say like. Oh, I'm supposed to say it with more. <laughs> two, you're supposed to end two thirty. Emphasize the fact that it's tooth. <laughs> right, I get it though. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Well, and I think it's better that I added my part that I just added to it because <laughs> it shows how good it is. I always encourage people to go and listen back to old episodes. I've actually enjoyed this doing this, making this whole episode out of old episodes. It's been fun to listen back to some stuff. There's some good gems and nuggets of wisdom. And then also random dad jokes that I don't know what they demonstrate, but I think it's good. They were fun and I enjoyed uh, listening to them. They always make me laugh. And so that's important to me. This is going to wrap this chronology of the podcast. There are so many wonderful, wonderful guests, and I want to thank every single one of them for taking the time, sharing their energy, sharing their expertise with myself and also every single one of you listening. The podcast wouldn't exist without them. So I want to say a huge thank you to them. And I also want to say thank you to everyone at High Five who has supported me doing this. This has been a a pet project that has morphed into an opportunity for me to be able to educate people who that we don't get to see as much. It's been a really wonderful experience for me, and I'm hoping to keep it going. If you know any guests that you think I should reach out to and have on the podcast, please let me know. I will be in the near future cultivating a new batch of potential people to reach out to. So thank you to all of you. It doesn't exist without listeners. If there was no one listening to this, it would be a little disappointing. If there was one, that would be okay. But there's hundreds of you out there. So it means a lot to me that you take the time to listen. So the last thing, the thing I'm going to leave us on is that the ending of the podcast, and this is honestly the thing that people refer to me the most when they see me is like, oh yeah, the podcast is awesome, but the the sign-off from Ella is my favorite part, which I guess is awesome, but kind of a little insulting at the content, but the ending is my daughter. I'm going to play the original, the first recording, and she was two years old when we recorded this. She's five years old now, so what I did is I played it back, she was listening to it, and then I had her add some thoughts and then re-record the ending. Thanks everyone, appreciate it, and continue listening and sharing. Thanks for listening. And can you say, thanks for listening to High Five. Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? 
Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving Oscar Pasta Guy. You're five years old now, so did you sound did you think you sounded strange? Yeah, and I and I thought that my voice was very little. You had a little voice? All right, so now is your chance to... Now it's really big. Yeah, you got a bigger voice. Like so little. And now you can redo it. So you can say thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> okay, thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playpen. Ah, oh, perfect. Good job, B. <laughs> <laughs> All right, say thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Is anybody hearing me even? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs>